Hello and welcome. I'm Barry Slagle, and this is Back of the Net, CISC's soccer podcast. Quick piece of housekeeping, just a reminder that May 1st is the deadline to register if you're going to be getting the 30% off registration discount for our summer camps. Check our website out for more information. Also, please be on the lookout for emails from Chad Metzler, our Chief Operating Officer, as well as your directors and coaches, related to the PPP, the player placement process. We are going to get this started. Uh, A lot of information will be coming out on Friday, May 1st. There's also going to be a new player declaration form, which is an opportunity for your players to declare what their intents, their goals, and what they would like in their soccer experience going forward. So be on the lookout for that. If you have any questions, please reach out to your coaches and or your directors. And now, time for the show. And today we have got two staff members on the call, and this is going to be a different podcast. We're going to try to do this in English and Spanish, so it should be an interesting endeavor. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully it'll go well. We've got Juan Vasquez, which is new to the club. He is the director of East. Uh, Colin Gibson used to have that title, and Juan's coming in, and he is our new director of East. And then we also have Carlos Martinez who is our director for boys out of the South location. So guys, Juan and Carlos, welcome. Thanks for being here. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes, thank you, Barry. Uh, like, like you mentioned, I'm Juan Vasquez and I will be the new director for the East program. And I hear really good things about the East program. And we hope, hope uh, keep developing the players on the area, uh, which is you know a really good area to explore with a lot of talent. Yeah, excellent. And Carlos, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do for the South program? Yes. No, thank you for, for, for hosting. Thank you for having us. Um, yeah, so I'm over at the uh, South Matthews um, area. I've been with the club for, this would be my third year now. Um, and I oversee the boys uh, youth academy to U14 in the Matthews section. Yeah, perfect. Um, well, guys, give me a little bit of a background. So. Juan, I believe you're from Mexico. Can you give us a little bit of uh, how growing up there was was different, how soccer played into your life, and, and when you came to the U.S.? Just sort of a quick bio. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, like, uh, I was born in Mexico and um, came to the United States when I was in my 20s. Uh, obviously, my focus was first to have a better life, you know, and, and, um, and start a new life, actually, in America. And um, my background in soccer, I have no other sport played before other than soccer usually in mexico you know uh 90 percent of the uh, people play soccer so uh, didn't make it to the pro in mexico but when i came to united states i started playing in the soccer league um the latino soccer league which was very very excellent uh, you know level back then it was no mls then the mls star but obviously i was like more like interested on you know have a uh, a better life, a great work, learning the the language and all these situations, you know, when you come to America. So basically, you know, I started playing soccer and then I couldn't end it. I couldn't finish to play soccer. I mean, I love the soccer and I play it for 30 years. When I, you know, turning 30 years, then I start playing. I start thinking on a new career in, in coach. And that's what I start coaching since then. Okay. When did, when did you get to the States? What, what, what year was this or around what year was this? It was in the 93, 1993, when I came. Uh, I was kind of 20 years old. Great. And you were in California, correct? Correct. I land in California, specifically in Santana, California, which is like the south part of 
south of Los Angeles, and it's a really, really Hispanic pop population there. Yeah, and then you were probably just just here in time for the 94 World Cup that was hosted in the U.S., and I know they did a lot of games in California. I made a trip out to the Rose Bowl. I can't remember who I, I saw. I think I saw Sweden-Bulgaria, maybe, in the uh, fourth-place game, and then I think I saw Sweden-Brazil in the semifinals. I can't remember if that's right, but that's what I'm thinking here. Yeah, actually, I can't remember right now, but it was a boom back then, and then it was really excited for, you know, uh, the, the States to host the World Cup. And it was crazy. Yeah. And Carlos, um, you, can you give us a little bit of the background, where you're from, what soccer is for you, how it might have been different uh, from your country of origin? And, you know, this is the part of the, the podcast that we're going to go back and forth in English and Spanish. So feel free to answer this in Spanish. Sí, obviamente, yo me vine acá a los Estados Unidos uh, al, al, en el año 1996. Eh, yo tuve la, la, el privilegio de haber jugado en, en, en la universidad, así mismo como haber representado um, a mi país cuando era joven. Me vine acá, obviamente, para, como lo hizo Juan, igual, para tener una mejor vida, como dice Juan. Um, porque todos sabemos, en ese entonces, si uno era futbolista profesional, pues obviamente no, no hacías mucho, mucho dinero, ¿no? Entonces, fue una de las razones por, los, por, la, por las cuales me moví acá. Y desde ahí es que estoy acá en el, en el, en el tratando de involucrarme en lo, en, en lo más posible con, con el mundo del fútbol, ¿no? Y he estado, obviamente, no vine, no, no pude, no tuve el chance de venir a jugar acá, pero sí lo quise hacer en lo que es de entrenador, como quien dice. Creo que Juan hizo lo mismo, ¿es verdad? Tú, tú hiciste lo mismo, ¿verdad, Juan? Sí, así es. Eh, yo realmente uh, tuve 30 años muy bonitos de juego de fútbol, donde la competencia para mí era esencial y la necesitaba jugar un nivel competitivo. Eh, después eh, me cansé eh, un poquito de jugar fútbol durante 30 años, me tomé un descanso de un año y después reinicié el fútbol más... Eh, recreacional, ah, ligado a, a hacer una carrera en el ámbito de, de entrenador de fútbol. Yeah, obviously, I think we both, you know, have sort of the same background in that sense, you know, coming from a different country, coming up here to the States, it's like you want to get involved, but then you want to get as close as possible to the game. So you're trying to give back in that sense. Yeah, I, I want to jump into that piece because, um, you know, I, I think there, I think a lot of people that have been around soccer, particularly youth soccer, you know, they, they know about the, the U.S. system of the youth soccer. This is obviously what we do at Charlotte Independent Soccer Club, um, sort of the, the professional coaches and, and, and the full structure and within the USSF. But I'm sure there are plenty of families, whether they're Hispanic, Latino or, or just the, the, the other <clears throat> members that we serve. They also know that there, there are other types of teams, and a lot of times these teams are Latino teams. I would love to kind of get a picture of what a Latino team looks like if they're not in a full system. I know we've got Saturday weekend games, things like that. So I'd love to hear from you guys at sort of what the Latino community that might not be involved in a youth soccer club, what that soccer looks like for them sort of on a weekly basis. How do they practice or where do they play and, and what are the age groups? Juan, you can start us off on this one. Yeah, basically, uh, the 
Latino teams has built uh, and meant just to have, you know, fun on the weekends. Uh, I would say 90% of the teams uh, who play in the Latino league, they don't practice. Basically, they just jump into the games all, every weekend. Uh, and they are so proud of the, you know, of the team and on playing soccer. The, basically, you know, they leave everything on the field. Uh, but the problem is they play uh, unorganized soccer. You know, the, it's more loose. It's like a street soccer. You go over there, you know, the coach sometimes, there is some coaches that not even talk. Some other coaches, they, you know, give a lot of over instructions. And then they run a lot, you know, they fight, they, you know, put shoulder to shoulder. And it's more like a rough soccer. But, yeah, it's, it's a little different than organized soccer. And, and Carlos, for, from your experience here, is this, is this sort of like a similar structure in terms of you have a U15 team, a U16 team, or are these adult teams that, that have uh, younger players playing on them as well? What, what do you typically see? Can you paint the picture for us? Claro, obviamente no. En, en el mundo del fútbol, o sea, tú tienes un partido de un fin de semana, tienes niños de 13 años jugando con adultos de 30, 40 años. O sea, es, no, no, no hay edad en ese sentido. Y como dice Juan, es verdad, o sea, lo hacen por el amor del juego, que es increíble, pero, o sea, en los fines de semana, especialmente acá en el área de Monroe, Tú tienes todas las canchas, son canchas de indoor, canchas uh, de afuera, todas las canchas normalmente los fines de semana hay un tipo de torneo sabatino o dominguero o, 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 o juegos así de que la gente llega y empieza a jugar nada más. Um, yo pienso que, 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 que no hay edad en el fútbol, pues. Entonces, esa es una de las ventajas que tiene. Yeah, you, you're right. I mean, very sometimes you see, you know, like on the adult side, you see uh, 16 years old kids playing with adults. You know, it's, it's, it's very different the speed, the mentality, uh, and many aspects. You know, uh, the soccer players are so different in between one boy who plays soccer with the tools 16 years old versus uh, 35 years old. It's not the same. And this is why it's really important. And I encourage, you know, the, uh, the community to to educate yourself about the club soccer around uh, your area. There is plenty of soccer, um, youth, youth soccer, up to 19 years old. And it's something that they need to take advantage of this because sometimes they not even know the, uh, you know, club success, organized club success around in the area. Yeah, so obviously there are a lot of great players, um, you know, but it, it seems, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems more of a sort of an amateur show up on the weekend, go out, have fun, play good soccer a lot of times. You know, I'm not saying that soccer isn't excellent because I'm sure there's excellent soccer there as well. Um, but it seems like it's sort of a, a show up once a week and, and, and do your thing and then go home and, and do something different. Whereas I'd say the biggest difference with sort of organized youth soccer, what we offer here at the Charlotte Independence, is we have a structure, we have pathways, we have players playing at the appropriate developmental level um, for those kids that may be not good enough to play with the adults, you know, or to play on the on the better team. We're going to have an opportunity for those kids to develop with players that are at their level and they're going to be training two three possibly four times a week we have teams that train four times a week we have teams that train three times a week and we have teams that train twice a week um, so we sort of have the full gamut of levels so if you've got a son or daughter um, that wants to play and, and and you know isn't given that opportunity that's sort of the biggest difference we have a structured environment with opportunities for every level and every age 
Um, Carlos, what you, you've you've been with us for for three years. Uh, so prior to the merger, and then currently in the merger, and you now work with us full time. So what do you what would you see as some of the benefits to the structured club environment? What are some of the positives that this brings to the table, and something that they might want to look into further? I've, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, and, and I've seen this, especially in the Latino community, I've, I've seen the benefit of having um, organized and structured soccer. It, it helps and it gives those players a pathway to whether is that if they want to play in college or whether if they want to play professional. Um, the club offers that, so it's, 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 it's something that the kids can actually look for when they sign up with us in that sense and i think being um here in the in, especially in the area of monroe there's there's tons of talent uh, i mean there's kids with great amount of talent um but they've never played in an environment like structure you know they've never played in an environment with where everybody shows up on time you know if the game is at 12 o'clock you got to be there at 11 30 so they're not <laughs> accustomed to that so one of the things is it's it's a bit of a change for them, but once they get into that rhythm, once they sign up and they see the benefit that they're actually playing with kids at the same level, same age, it's it's definitely beneficial for them. And I've seen I've seen it grow um, tremendously from you know when I started. I remember when we started in Matthews. I think we only had like four teams. Now we're up to eighteen teams. Yeah, so you feel like once they jump into the system, they, they get acclimated, they, they figure out the routine, and they see value in that routine, and that sort of explains the growth that, that you have. And I would also imagine it's just the fact that you've got opportunities for every kid at every level, um, as opposed to you have to make that Saturday team, and that Saturday team might have 20 people that show up this week and 12 people that show up this next weekend, and you know maybe your son who's 14 isn't developmentally ready to be able to play on that on the weekend. Does that, does that make sense? Did that follow? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and and it, it's it's trying to find that rhythm once they get into the system, you know, and, and, and the good thing is the club provides that. You know, we have different teams at different levels. Um, good thing is, you know, if, if you join, for example, one of the teams, you know, later on, if, we, if you develop faster than any other kid, then – at that point, one of the coaches, one of the directors might make a suggestion to whether put you or move you up to a different level if we think, you know, you're improving in that sense. Yeah, it goes both ways. You've got the ability to make a team, and then if you're good enough to play on a better team, there's probably going to be a better team in that club or in our club for that. You know, we go all the way up to what was the U.S. Developmental Academy, which was the highest level of soccer in the U.S., and, and now that that's disbanded, uh, we have our – we have our pro academy level, um, which is the same level as the DA, just without being in the DA league. And more information will come out on that later. Juan, I want to push this one to you, and then I, I kind of want to hear uh, Carlos's thoughts on it as well. Um, so this one would be for Spanish for you, Juan. I just wonder what some of maybe the, the misinformation or sort of the myths or some things that the Latino community might be worried about or things that they might think they know about club soccer or not know, and then maybe kind of address some of those concerns. Sí, claro. Mira, Eri, eh, muchos, muchos de la comunidad, uh, muchas veces, una, nunca hemos estado expuestos a jugar en, en un club de soccer, en la cual te da muchas ventajas. Primera es, te prepara 
para, para la vida, ¿verdad? porque no nada más enseñamos fútbol en los clubes, pero también, eh, aparte de la competición que tenemos, enseñamos otras cosas, enseñamos eh, disciplina, primeramente, enseñamos compromiso, enseñamos comunicación, enseñamos constancia, eh, ca carácter, y muchas de estas cosas también, al final, eh, te crea tu personalidad, eh, como persona a través de la vida. Entonces, es mucho más que jugar soccer, mucho más que jugar fútbol. Eso es lo que es eh, un club. Un club te enseña todas esas cosas. Y es importante porque es, te da la educación futbolística que te va a acompañar y que te va a exponer a grandes, a grandes y mejores sistemas en un futuro cuando tú quieras acceder a, a una beca escolar eh, por medio del soccer o simplemente eh, poder estar enfrente a unos eh, eh, coaches de fútbol profesional en la cual te pueden invitar a ser parte de, eh, de la mente profesional. Todo esto, todo esto es gracias a la educación futbolística que se le da a los jugadores desde la edad de los 8 años hasta los 18, 19. Yeah, it seems like it's a great yeah. opportunity to, sorry Carlos, so just real quick here. It seems like it's a great opportunity too for these families to to further integrate, you know, the, the players, they do it in school, you know, in the, in the public education system. They get the opportunity to do it in the club system as well with something that a lot of these players excel at. It seems like a great opportunity to sort of mesh, continue to mesh in with those groups. Carlos? No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think, I think the qualities, um, the qualities of a great coach, a great coaching staff, it's, it's key, you know, and, and, and the good thing is that, like Juan said, you know, we don't, having a great coach is, is someone being positive, enthusiastic, supportive, you know, trusting someone that's focused, goal oriented, knowledgeable, uh, respectful. Um, and, and that's key, especially for this, for, in these circumstances for what we do, you know, for the love of the game, basically. Um, and, and having, you know, good coaching staff, you know, from the ages of eight, all the way to 19 it's 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 great that's exactly what normally i would look for if my kids were playing you know yeah that that makes a lot of sense and you know for, for anyone that doesn't know all of our full-time staff i think we have somewhere around 60 full-time staff a, a large percentage of those are coaches you know everyone is um keep us safe trained you know essentially um how to report and, and be aware of um violence against kids, you know, uh, sexual and otherwise. So those are really important qualities and uh, sort of rules and regulations that we follow. Um, and like I said, we're, we're full time. This, this is our job. You know, there's not going to be another job that gets in the way of us showing up for practice or showing up for the games on the weekend. It's going to be organized and it's, it's going to fall through. So those are definitely some qualities that you would be seeing here in the club. Um, Juan, I'm going to jump in. So this is a little behind the scenes for anybody that, that's interested. Juan's got a nice little email here of a list of questions um, that he wanted to talk about. So I'm, I'm going to kind of throw out some of these, but feel free to not answer it if there's something else that we've talked about that you want to jump in on. But um, we've got the developmental piece, right? This, this might be new for, for people that are not, not familiar with club soccer. It's not always about trying to win every single game. There's the developmental process of both the player as well as the team. Um, you know, I know that one of the concerns is, is prices. Uh, so we can talk that about the registration process, both for tryouts and then if they are going to make a team, a little bit how that works. And then um, lastly, like what's what's sort of the goals with our player placement process, which is what we call what other people call tryouts, player placement process. So Juan, take it away. Okay. Uh, primeramente quisiera decir 
decir eh, que los clubes eh, fueron hechos en el fútbol organizado para eh, precisamente eh, desarrollar jugadores de fútbol. La, el primer propósito de, de los clubes de fútbol, en específico Charlie Independence, es criar y dar una educación futbolística en todos los aspectos. En el aspecto, primeramente, a temprana edad, a, a técnico, eh, psicológico, táctico y, y también, lógicamente, eh, con, con calidad física. Entonces, eh, eso es eh, lo que yo miro en, en la educación futbolística de, de un club cuando desarrolla eh, los jugadores. Es importante que estos desarrollos eh, empiecen a temprana edad, desde los ocho años, Muchas veces eh, he mirado mucho, mucho de nuestra comunidad que llega a los 16 años queriendo ya que le demos unos tres meses de entrenamiento rápido para que lo vaya a mirar el scout de algún equipo de fútbol y ya es muy tarde. Ya los hábitos están hechos. Es necesario que eh, nuestra comunidad entienda que a temprana edad se tiene que comenzar este proceso eh, de desarrollo futbolístico para los niños y para los jóvenes. Eh, la diferencia muchas veces que yo miro entre una liga, en las ligas latinas donde lógicamente yo tengo, es, es, está muy enfocado la comunidad cuando va al domingo a jugar fútbol en las ligas latinas eh, a jugar y a ganar a toda costa y esto ya lo veníamos mencionando con Carlos, metemos a veces niños, eh, por ejemplo si la edad eh, está jugando mi hijo en la liga latina es de U12, de repente le metemos niños de 14 al otro coach, contrario porque quiere ganar por el simple hecho de quererse llevar un triunfo o un trofeo y esta es la diferencia nosotros, bueno, los, los clubes en, en general trabajan en desarrollar a los jugadores para darle una educación futbolística y estén preparados para cuando llegue el momento uh, de estar a otro nivel o, o exponerse a otros niveles. Esa es la parte eh, que debemos entender cómo funciona el fútbol y educarnos un poquito para ayudar a nuestros hijos a tener una mejor carrera futbolística. ¿Qué piensas, Carlos? Yo, yo, sí, justo, um, justo es, lo que, es lo que estábamos hablando el otro día, ¿no? O sea... Eso es una cosa de, la, de las cuales siempre hemos visto el, 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 en la comunidad nuestra, el que viene ganando todos los partidos es el que tiene mejor equipo. Pero no necesariamente es así. O sea, yo lo que estábamos hablando es, es, es justamente eso y lo, lo que te venía diciendo es eh, lo bueno de, 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 de jugar en un ambiente donde tu hijo va a estar... Um, en un ambiente competitivo, va a tener un buen coach, en una buena liga, es el desarrollo, ¿verdad? O sea, ¿qué es lo que hace ese jugador de lunes a viernes? ¿Cómo se comporta lunes a viernes? ¿Qué es lo que va a aprender de lunes a viernes? Y el, el, los, los sábados y domingos, cuando tenga sus partidos, el, los, los, uh, los partidos, cuando, o sea, cuando ganas, eso viene, viene luego. O sea, es, es cómo formarle a esa a, a, a ese jugador como persona, cómo formarlo como jugador, el resto viene, viene es recíproco, ¿no? Viene, viene, viene luego, como quien dice. Sí, tienes yeah. toda la razón. Sorry, I just, I, I like to, I like to, you know, paint the picture when we have this question, sort of the analogy I use is, if I'm, if I'm coaching U8 soccer, you know, I'm not sure if it's 77 at this age, but let's just say it's 77. Um, You know, I could, I could, I could coach a team to basically play the ball forward every time they get it, and then step high up the pitch, press on goal kicks. You know, basically just try to be as physical as possible in the opposition's half, and then put a fast player in the back. You know, maybe one fast player up front, one fast player in the back. We're probably going to win a lot of games, but those skills that they're learning at that age group is not going to translate when they get to 16. I mean, they're playing against teams that 
pass around you, can dribble away from pressure. And, and probably most importantly, if you, if you only train playing the ball forward one touch, when you got pressure and opposition against you, you're not going to be able to play out. You know, that player at 16 isn't going to be as good as a player that has sort of had that nice balance of trying to win, be competitive, um, but also to individually develop. So it's not just about winning games at the team level. It's also about making better soccer players to make better teams down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, and, and that, that's what I said, is basically what that player does between Monday and Friday, right? I mean, how much time that player puts in and what, um, what type of training he receives, right? I think um, I, I, I've seen a lot of, especially in the Spanish community, community I've seen a lot of people focusing just on, on the wins, right? But it's what that player or what that player is being taught between Monday through Friday that relates to later on the wins will come. You know, it's, it's what he's putting in and what he's being taught. That makes a difference. Yeah, it makes that player valuable for any team, you know, if he has the ability to play soccer as opposed to just maybe getting on a spot on, on the current team. And, I, you know, I think as we're talking here, um, I think that practice part that you're mentioning, that Monday through Friday, that, that probably is the big benefit, you know. It, you can play soccer by yourself, but it's more of technical work than anything else. But the opportunity to play with players at your level, some cases above your level, maybe some cases you were one of the better players, um, but that, that ability to play two, three, four times a week, and then also play on the weekends, maybe this would be helpful. Maybe if you guys could kind of describe what a season looks like for, you know, uh, a junior level boys player, um, this will stay out of the academy for right now, but feel free to jump into it if you want. So sort of a junior level boys player, girls player, you know, what their season fall and spring looks like practices, maybe a couple tournaments and, and sort of what the league play looks like. Cause I wonder, I wonder if, if that would be helpful for somebody that's unaware of how club soccer works to sort of get a picture of this is a weekly schedule and this weekly schedule goes from August to November, December, and then we start back up in January. So Juan, why don't you take that away for us? Yes, correct. It's really important that um, the Latino community understand uh, when uh, everything is start, when is the, you know, start point for everything. And I'm going to talk to a little bit in Spanish. So I will, you know, give this information to my community. Um, Básicamente, todos los clubes trabajan empezando a el mes de mayo. El, cada mayo, eh, los clubes comienzan un proceso de eh, un proceso que se llama eh, tryouts. Entonces, una vez que el niño se registra, primero se tiene que registrar para los tryouts que en español se dice convocatoria de fútbol. ¿no? Una convocatoria básicamente es unos tryouts. Usted se registra eh, en línea eh, y entonces eh, cierta fecha le dan una fecha y una hora y un campo donde tiene, usted tiene que asistir para que el niño sea evaluado futbolísticamente y después sea puesto en algún equipo o sea invitado a un equipo del, del club, de la organización. Ahí comienza todo, eh, todo el proceso. El año tiene eh, básicamente dos temporadas, que es la temporada del fall, que comprende de agosto a noviembre y la temporada de spring que comprende de febrero a mayo ese es el, el ciclo anual del fútbol en las edades entre los 8 años a los 14 años ¿verdad? después de ahí se considera que ya el jugador entra eh, también a high school eh, a la preparatoria y entonces va a tener eh, fútbol también en la preparatoria por medio de la escuela 
Entonces, ya las edades de, la, de, la, de los 15 años hacia arriba, hacia los, hacia los 19, nada más juega lo que es eh, la temporada de Spring, que básicamente es la mitad de la temporada, porque se supone que en el Fall está jugando en la escuela. Carlos, ¿me ayudas en, en algo que se me haya olvidado? Sí, no, y la temporada normalmente, um, en, en muchos de los casos, los mismos equipos, una vez que se acaba la temporada, digamos, ya para que viene el, 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 las vacaciones de Navidad, muchos equipos lo que hacen es para mantenerse juntos, el club también ofrece um, unos... Uh, campos de indoor, sea campos um, individuales para porteros y, y así. Normalmente, sí, campamentos, normalmente los, los ofrecen usualmente después de que se acaba la, 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 la temporada, obviamente que ya viene siendo justo antes de Thanksgiving, como quien dice. Um, entonces, si es que hay algunos niños que quieren tener... Uh, entrenamiento particular o quieren atender un campo sea ya solamente para para delanteros o para porteros pues el club el club también ofrece eso en ese sentido um, y también hay los torneos que se hace y esos claro. esos torneos normalmente se eh, el club con el entrenador los determina cuáles son los torneos que van a participar. Hay varios torneos que, que, que se hacen aquí dentro de la ciudad, tam, como también hay torneos que, que son fuera de la ciudad. Pero eso ya depende de cada equipo, depende del nivel de los niños en el cual van a jugar. Así es, Carlos. Eh, básicamente lo que, lo que se está hablando aquí es de que una vez que se inscriben en el equipo, nuestro hallados y es escogido para ser parte de un equipo, un ejemplo, la temporada de, de, de Fall comprende de agosto a noviembre y durante ese lapso se juega en una liga estatal organizada por el Estado. O sea, lo que quiero decir es de que eh, el Estado lo quiebran en dos y entonces eh, vas a asistir un juego por cada fin de semana o a veces dos localmente o en tu área, no más allá de, de una hora, 40 minutos de manejo, siempre usualmente local. Eh, esto estamos hablando por la temporada del Folk, eh, son usualmente cerca de entre 8 a 12 partidos de temporada, más aparte usualmente se asiste a un torneo eh, previo a que comience la temporada eh, y después también cuando acaba la temporada, después de esos 12, entre 8 y 12 juegos, como en noviembre, se asiste nuevamente a otro torneo para ver y tener resultados de lo que se aprendió durante la temporada. Es importante que entendamos que se... se se le da dos tipos de competencia. Una estatal, local, en el cual es como una liga, que cada fin de semana hay juegos recíprocos de visita y a, y a, y a casa. Eh, y más aparte, dos torneos en cada temporada. Yeah, it's eight months of soccer, you know, for the, the younger boys before they get to high school, younger girls as well. And then when they get to the high school age, you know, they, unless they're on one of our national programs that competes in both seasons, um, they're going to be competing in, in half of that. So they would do their high school season for the boys that's in the fall, for the girls that's in the spring, and the club season is the opposite season. And then they're going to be getting training during those eight months or so of soccer, two to three times a week, sometimes four times a week. There's plenty of opportunities with different teams to train with as well. Uh, the opportunity to get pulled up to a higher level or if, you're, if your son uh, or daughter you know, needs to go to a lower level, we have those levels as well. And then they're going to play the league games like you guys had talked about. And those are going to be somewhere between eight and 12 league games per season. And then on top of that, like you mentioned, you know, there's two or three, maybe four tournaments that these teams are going to be playing in as well. Um, 
So it's just, it's, it's a lot of soccer. It's not just show up on the weekends and, and play. You get the opportunity to play in a structured environment with a coach. Most of the time it's full time. Um, that's going to come out and also with players their age. And, you know, I think it's, I, I just think it's a great way to, to give, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to play. It's an opportunity to train. It's an opportunity to get to know the community better, to integrate yourselves in that community. Um, and then, you know, for those players that are good enough, you know, that want to play college soccer and I can speak on this and then I'll let you guys wrap this up. We've got about five minutes left. You know, if your son or daughter is good enough to play college soccer, there are a lot of colleges in North Carolina and South Carolina in this, in this general area, Division One, Division Two, which have scholarships, and Division Three, uh, which don't have scholarships. And there are a lot of talented players out there that don't get the opportunity because college coaches typically don't see the Latino leagues on the weekend. Um, pretty much every player I've recruited was either, if they were domestic, it was from a club team. You know, I definitely watched them play high school soccer, but that's not where I found them typically. Uh, it was from the club soccer. Uh, and then for those players that we recruit internationally, uh, typically from Europe, South America, we're looking at their sort of their, their club soccer as well, their academy systems. So if your son or daughter is good enough uh, and has the ability to make a college soccer team and maybe there's an opportunity for athletic scholarship, it's, it's difficult to receive. But if there's an opportunity for that, um, typically the best way to get seen is to be in one of these clubs. Um, hopefully with us, the Charlotte Independence, but this is how you're going to get seen if, if you're going to be playing college soccer. And I guess my, my biggest concern is if you're talented enough and you want to go to college uh, and, and you just don't get the opportunity because you, you weren't in that environment, that scene, uh, that, that seems like a, a missed chance there. So guys, feel free to, got about five minutes left, feel free to, in English or Spanish or both, um, kind of sign us off. Juan, we'll start with you and then Carlos, when you get done, just, just tell us goodbye for the, for the podcast. But go ahead, Juan. Okay, sí, es importante que, este, que entendamos que estamos en, en temporada eh, de con la convocatoria de los tryouts. Este mes de mayo, por favor, vayan a la línea, inscríbanse. Eh, hay eh, ayuda financiera si es que no pueden pagar completo eh, su, su eh, colegiatura de fútbol. Hay oportunidades y hay mucho, muchos hay resources afuera para que, para que sean ayudados, ¿no? Eh, la segunda, como dijo Barry, es importante que entendamos cómo funciona el fútbol. Los eh, eh, coches de colegio y universidades van y buscan a sus talentos en los clubes de fútbol, no en nuestras ligas latinas, desafortunadamente. Entonces, les, les invito a que sean parte de algún club. Uh, específicamente, nosotros tenemos nuestro website, que es eh, www.independentsoccer.club. Eh, Vayan ahí, eh, si no, llámenme por teléfono, eh, mi teléfono está ahí, eh, en el website también, y yo les eh, comunico cómo, cómo llegar ahí. Carlos. Sí, obviamente es, es una de las cosas que, que se tenía que tocar el, el tema, ¿no? O sea, en pocas palabras, si su hijo no está jugando en, 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 en un club en este momento, los chances de que él juegue en universidad son imposibles porque los, los, la mayoría de los, de los visores, la mayoría de los coaches van a buscar, obviamente, en, en, en clubes locales como este. Um, como dice Juan, um, cualquier cosa está en el lado de Concord, si es que necesitan, el, toda su información está en el, en, el, en el website, si es que está en el lado de Monroe, en el lado de Charlotte, estoy yo, también toda la información está ahí en el, en el website, también. Um, y si necesitan ayuda financiera, el club también puede ayudar en ese sentido. Uh, en pocas palabras, ningún jugador se queda sin jugar. Y mucho menos si es que es por dinero. ¿Ya? De alguna manera se encuentra um, 
algún tipo de ayuda para ayudarles en ese sentido. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, Barry, I don't know if you uh, got anything else to say. Uh, thank you very much for inviting us once again. Um, we've enjoyed it. Um, speaking for myself, uh, if you want to take it over. Yeah, guys, that was excellent. I really appreciate it. This was the Back of the Net CISC Soccer Podcast. Barry Slagle, Juan Vasquez, and Carlos Martinez. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. <laughs>